You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania and also Launceston, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going and you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host Jason Cook and today we've got David Maxwell joining us all the way from Launceston. Welcome, David. How are you, Jason? I'm very well, thank you. And uh, today you'll be continuing your series, Reflecting Jesus, uh, mm. and uh, we'll talk about the title shortly, not right now. Mm. Mm. <laughs> we'll keep our, keep our listeners waiting in suspense. <laughs> <laughs> David, you always share a great story to start with, and uh, this is from your own personal life. You've been sharing stories of blessing, so I'm keen to hear what you've got for us today. Yeah, thanks very much, Jason. Um, part of the blessings in our lives uh, that uh, that I guess at the time we don't see as blessings, and I've kind of mentioned that in the past, but one of the things that I was challenged with once was a very challenging time, and this was in pastoral ministry. And as I was going through that time, I didn't see it as a blessing. I saw it as very hard. I saw it as very challenging you know, yeah, there were tears, there were, there were prayer walks, I was on my knees a lot. And when you look back, though, what you find is through those difficult times, you find that you grow and develop as a Christian, um, even mm. as a pastor. I, I found those, those challenging and difficult circumstances actually helped me to grow and develop as a pastor, as an evangelist, as a church administrator, you know, it helped me to learn how to better manage a church, manage other people. Mm. Um, and, and it was actually a very rewarding time. It was physically challenging. Um, I went through a minor heart attack at the time, mm. and that was difficult. And that was brought on a lot by all of this stress. But it's helped me to actually learn to deal with that stress better. Uh, it's helped me to learn to deal with people better. It's helped me to learn a lot of things I perhaps wouldn't have learned as quickly <laughs> had I not gone through it. Mm. I'm not saying it was good. I'm not saying it was right. I'm not saying, you know, my reflections on it. I could have done things better. The other people could have done things better. But at the, at the end of the day, I can see how God used it as a blessing where Satan meant it to pull me down. Mm. And, and that's something I think uh, as a Christian, it's important to reflect on some of those things, not to ruminate on them. The difference between reflection and ruminating is ruminating keeps you awake at night mm. where you're thinking, I should have done this, I should have said that, I should have done something else. What if this happens? What if that happens? That's really bad for your stress levels. But, but reflection is good to do in your waking hours just to reflect on the circumstances and say, well, I can't change the past. However, I can learn from it and I can move forward in the future doing things differently. Now, sometimes you can go back and you can fix the past and, that, and that's important to do if you can. And, and of course you should. But there are times when doing that either opens up the wounds again or it makes things worse. So and maybe sometimes you need some help to focus on that. But uh, on the on the other side of it is reflecting how you can change things. Because often, regardless of what you do, you can't change what other people do or think or say. But you can change how you behave, how you move forward, how you do things better. 
yeah. in the future. Mm-hmm. And, and so those things that can be very difficult as you go through them, when you look back and reflect, it can actually be a great blessing in your life. And that was one of the great blessings in my Christian walk as a pastor. And I, I think I've learned a lot from it. I think I've become a better pastor, a better person, a better Christian um, and administrator out of all of that. Mm. David, uh, last week we spoke on A Better Life Forever, I think was mm. the uh, the title of last week. Um, I just want to remind our listeners, you can listen to all of our past episodes on the Faith FM website, faithfm.com.au. Or you can download the app on your phone or tablet, uh, Faith FM Australia. You can get that and you can see all of our past episodes. Just uh, go to the Listen and Podcasts menu and find the Tassie Encounters program and you can see all of our daily programs there. Um, so do encourage you to do that. And, of course, our number, our Tassie Encounters show number, 0488 880 We will have a free book offer coming up later in the program. And uh, we've also got some questions. We'd love to hear your uh, feedback. We'd love to hear your interaction. It's nice to know that people are listening. And, uh, we, yeah, so do do text us in if you've got an answer to a question that we ask. Mm. We'd, we'd love to hear from you. So, David, what are you going to be sharing today? Yeah, well, as you said correctly, last week was A Better Life Forever. If you haven't heard that episode, go and re-listen to it because it really lays the foundation for today's program, An Eternity to Hope For, unless you have that better life forever that's been set up, that Mm. God has provided for us. It limits your opportunities for eternity. (laughs) And so please go back and have a listen to that. Today we're we're looking at this topic, Reflecting Jesus, and the the topic for today, so it was the overall topic, the topic for today is an eternity to hope for, mm. where we actually look at what Jesus has promised us will be uh, life will be really like um, in the future. Um, but before the break, I'd like to ask a question, and then oh, I'd like to ask you if you have anything you'd like to share on this, uh, on this question. Question for our listeners is, what's something that you're really looking forward to? It can either be something immediate, like... Uh, you know, for you, it might be holidays, um, and in the future, you know, in the next six months, I've got holidays probably coming up, I'm sure. I'm planning, I'm hoping, and I really enjoy planning for holidays. I love my work, don't get me wrong, but holidays are good for your family. Mm. And in heaven, the thing I'm looking for in the future is honesty, a life without lies. Uh, I think that would be wonderful. Mm. But what are you looking forward to? You asking me personally or, or our listeners? I am, Jason. <laughs> both. Both wow. listeners and yeah, personally. I'm, I'm looking <clears throat> forward to a life without death, disease, sickness, um, you know, pain and suffering. I think uh, mm. this world sees far too much of this going on, and we, we see it in the world today, particularly with uh, the various wars and things that are going on. Mm. And it's tragic. It really is tragic. And I'm looking forward to a time when we can say goodbye to all of that. Mm. Mm. And hope. Um, Do you have anything on hope? Um, Have you experienced hope in your life? I have, and uh, just I was sharing just before uh, with you, David. But um, in the context of hope, you know, I was diagnosed with stage four 
uh, melanoma. And uh, but it was actually before that time I I went on a health retreat. This was when I was stage three, um, some years earlier. But I went on a health retreat specifically for those people um, dealing with cancer. And they they taught me something really important: is that to to find purpose and to find hope and meaning, but also to remember that um, you know if there's just one person who has recovered from you know the disease that you've got then there is a possibility that you also can recover from that and it gives you this sense of well you know there is a possibility there is hope and it reminds me particularly of the fact that you know we see that Jesus died and rose again and uh, because he did that then it gives us also the same hope that we will rise again and so mm. I, I'm, uh, yeah, I, I see that parallel, but so important because it changes your entire attitude towards how you live each day if you can believe that there is hope. Yeah, that's really good, Jason. I heard somebody say once, life is 5% what happens and 95% what you do about that. Mm. And that's mental. It's thinking. It's what goes on in my mind, how I approach it. I tried this myself in um, the way uh, I can remember right back in Mary and I's uh, early relationship, and I know she won't mind me sharing this. It's so long ago we've just about forgotten about it. <laughs> but when I first started going out with her and I started looking at the things I didn't like, and this is after about three, six months together, I started seeing all these things I didn't like and I started pointing them out. Mm. And I remember her statement to me, well, if there's so much about me that you don't like, what are we doing together? And I thought, oh, hang on a minute. My focus is wrong. Mm. So I had to change my focus. And when I changed my focus and started looking at the good, it didn't get rid of those things. They were, they were still there. But that was who she was. And my focus on that made all the difference to our relationship. And so often you're right. You're right. It's what goes on in our mind can make a big difference to how we live our life. Mm. We'll, we'll look at that, the idea of hope and how important that is after the break. So we'd love to hear from you this morning. Share something with us that you're really looking forward to. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, text us in on 0488 880 That's something that you're really looking forward to. This is a great little song. It's called If That Don't Make You Want to Go by the Downing Family. John saw a golden city, New Jerusalem come down. Twelve jasper walls and gates of pearl, such splendor all around. And he tells about a river of life that flows beneath the throne. Where we'll drink and live eternally in a mansion all our own. Oh, if that don't make you want to go, brother. That don't make you wanna go, sister. If that don't make you wanna go to heaven, I don't know what does. They say there is no heartache there and no more curse of sin. 
No sickness and no cross to bear And death can't enter in No fighting and no battlefields No war, no enemy Where the lamb and lion lay side by side In that land of perfect peace Oh, if that don't make you wanna go Brother, if that don't make you wanna go Sister, if that don't make you wanna go To heaven, I don't know what does No worries and no more to fear It's a glorious land of endless day where Jesus is the light. Got a lot of friends and loved ones there, and a Savior I will meet. And I'll lay my crown of jewels down when I bow at Jesus' feet. Oh, if that don't make you wanna go, brother, if that don't make you wanna go, sister. Don't make you want to go to heaven I don't know what does I don't know what fun little song and you're listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM. Today we're speaking with David Maxwell and uh, he's continuing his series Reflecting Jesus and before the break we mentioned the topic of today, an eternity to hope for. David, uh, it's time to start to unpack this and get into it. Mm. So let's do that. Yeah, all right. No worries. Thanks, Jason. So look, as as I unpack this topic today, I really want to show what the Bible teaches us about the life after this one. What's ahead for us uh, based on the choices we make in this life? The Bible's actually very clear on the topic, uh, but many people are confused because there are so many opinions about what happens after you die, after this life ends. Mm. So what I'm hoping today is after we've presented on the accuracy and trustworthy of the Bible in the past, that today our listeners will actually have more hope and confidence in what's ahead. Um, that's, that's, my, uh, that's my hope. But first, let's pray. Uh, I'll pray for our listeners, and then we'll read this passage we're looking at. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for being a God who cares, who has uh, in store for us so much more than we can imagine. Please speak to us as we read your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I really like the way the New King James puts our texts today. So um, Revelation 22, 1-5, some of the most encouraging verses in the Bible. I'd, I'd love it if you could read that for us, Jason. Yeah, it says, And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle, from the th- sorry, in the middle of its of its street, and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. 
And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. There shall be no night there. They need no lamp, nor light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign for ever and ever. Mm. Thanks, Jason. Hope is a really interesting topic. It's a really interesting thing. Um, as I said last week, we can live without a lot of things but not hope. People mm. without hope often lose their will to live. We talked about that. But holding on to hope can create persistence in some of the most extreme circumstances. You mentioned um, just earlier that if there is one person that has survived the challenge that I'm facing, there's a chance that I can get through it as well. I can survive mm. it as well. Mm. When the great Antarctic explorer Ernest Shackleton left his men and returned for help, supplies and restocking after they lost the endurance, uh, they were all floating around on some icebergs for a while and then they came to Elephant Island and they were able to um, actually set up camp, a short-term camp. He left and he promised to come back and rescue them. Now, he took a lot longer than he expected. So he said he'd be straight back, but it took him a while to get back to where he needed to resupply and, and get a boat. And he was really surprised that when he came to rescue them, that his men were packed and ready to leave. Mm. They were packed on the beach and ready to leave when he arrived. Now, th this was important because they didn't have a lot of time. They had to wait for the pack ice to open, get in there, pick up the men and get out before the pack ice closed again. Mm. Otherwise, the ship they came in would be crushed like the other one. Mm. <clears throat> it's reported that he said to them, how did you know I'd be coming today? And they replied, we didn't. But you said you'd be back. So every morning we packed and got ready just in case that day was the day. Mm. Shackleton's men trusted in his word because they trusted him. That was the important thing. It gave them hope that he'd be back just as he said he would. So, so our ability to hope in Jesus' return and the future he's promised us is actually based on how much we trust him, how much we know him as well, that relationship that we have with him. And Jesus has made some pretty amazing promises when it comes to what's ahead for us. You know, that's that's for sure. And I'm sure, you know, you've hung on to a lot of those promises yourself as well, Jason. Yeah, for sure. I'm just uh, thinking about that story of being packed and I'm packing at the moment, David. Uh, I've, I've got the, I was telling you earlier that I've, I've got my bags packed and last night I finished packing because uh, tomorrow morning early we're heading away overseas and uh, mm. it mm. Uh, reminded me, but it, it's a nice feeling to be ready. Mm. It's a nice feeling to be packed and ready to go. It really is. meant everything for those men. Um, yeah, and there are many views about what happens at the end of this life, but is it real? Is, is there anything at all to hope for after this life and if it is what is it is it just wishful thinking that there's something better um, or is this life all we get uh, there's many different ideas and thoughts uh, there's many common views about the afterlife and one of them um, from history and it's per permeated through a number of different cultures even today in the egyptian culture they believed that your soul left your body so there was this um, spiritual part of us that left our body when you died but it returned to the body every night to enjoy time in the afterlife so this is why things were provided in the tombs uh, you know when they went to tutankhamun's tomb and they opened this untouched tomb they were able to see 
all these beautiful things that were provided for him, chariots and, and thrones and, and things to play with and spend your time on. Um, and that's why, that's why they, they did this, so that um, the people who were left were doing it for those who had died so that that loved one of theirs would have these things in the afterlife. It's why they preserved the body so well, because they believed that the body was necessary for the soul to come back to every night. It seems like a pretty limited future existence, though, when you think about it, mm-hmm. if that's all they had left. So let's say the pharaoh beforehand, he had the whole kingdom. He had the whole kingdom. Yet when he died, all he had left was what was in that tomb for him, mm. which wasn't really very much, considering even after that, that all the tombs have been raided, all that stuff's been taken, even the bodies have been taken, so it's not much of a afterlife if that really is what happens when you die. Mm. Another belief that's common in a number of Eastern and mystic uh, religions is the one of reincarnation. So the spirit again, or the soul, separates from the body at death. However, rather than coming back to the same body, in this belief, it transfers to another body, either an animal or a newly formed baby, to live life again, this, this, this physical life again. And the thinking is that uh, how that happens is based on how you lived your life. So if you lived a bad life, you were living as a person, then you would come back as an inferior life form to start again and to do better next time. Um, If you lived as uh, as a good person, you did a lot of good things, you would come back as a higher form. Mm. That's that's what they believe. They believe this cycle continues until this soul is enlightened and you're able to break free of the cycle. Then it's very interesting what supposedly happens then. It's a, they, they believe that um, then you become part or one with this spirit form of God. Um, and if this is true, what happens to you? You know, what happens to my character, who I am? If you become blended or absorbed into God's consciousness, where am I? Mm. You know? So although differing forms of this belief exist, that's the underlying belief structure of reincarnation. So I'm being very generalistic in my descriptions here. So apologies to any faith if uh, I'm not explaining it well. But most Christian faiths also believe that the soul, this part of our body apparently that leaves our body, is immortal. That's what they believe. Uh, This is Christian faiths, mind you. And at death, it either goes to heaven or hell, depending on the kind of life lived. Mm. Now, i just stop for a moment and let you know that this is not actually a Christian faith. It's what Christian faith has absorbed from uh, ancient philosophy. But nevertheless, that, that's what they hold true is today. If one is good, then they go to heaven and they continue to live there eternally, no longer subject to death, which I think is interesting on its own because... If they believe the soul is immortal, then it's already not subject to death. Mm, that's right. But that's aside, okay? I'm just trying to outline the issue here. If someone was bad, then this soul goes to a hot burning place and you suffer eternally uh, punishment or torture of some kind. Now, there are variations to this, but generally that's the underlying framework of the belief. 
Now, each of these beliefs have some serious concerns, but let's just consider the final Christian one. I'm not saying all Christians believe that, but it's the generally accepted Christian belief, this eternal soul that either goes to heaven or hell um, eternally. I want you to just consider this for a moment. So around 1900 BC, Lot's wife disobeys the angel's directions to not look back at Sodom as God's punishment falls on Sodom and it gets destroyed because it's just so wicked. Like before the flood, you know, that they were only thinking evil things. There was no good there. Lot and his family, the only ones that are saved, they're taken by the hand, led out of the city, and the angel says, don't look back, just go. Go to that other city where you're going to. Um, obviously, Lot's wife's heart is still in Sodom, um, and he, she looks back. She turns into a pillar of salt. Now, just suppose this means she's actually spiritually lost, and she'll never see an eternal reward. Now, that that means her dooms have dev, um, her deeds have doomed her to never return to heaven or be saved. Now, I don't know that for sure, but it appears that this is the belief in the early early um, ages. So, if, if you saw God's displeasure, well, you you weren't going to have eternal life either way in the general consensus the christian consensus of what happens when you die either she went straight to heaven when she died which then wouldn't be fair on lot because he was obedient he had to remain living on this earth he had to live continue to live in a sinful world Um, so that wouldn't make sense if she died went straight to heaven or she died went straight to hell and began an eternity of suffering in its fires of torment now remember, all she did was disobey God. Mm. Her heart was left in Sodom, so she was, she was just um, not wanting God, not wanting to follow God faithfully. She was happy to live in this earth, right? So she turns back. That appears to be generally what's happened. Her state of heart is against God, not towards Him. Then the generally accepted Christian belief would would be that she's spending the rest of the time after that death in eternity burning in hell now let's consider hitler it would be fair to say that anyone in anyone's estimation he was downright evil he was instrumental in the deaths of millions of people millions of innocent people now again following the generally accepted christian belief of what happens when you die uh, when he died in 1945 it would be assumed by most that he wasn't going to heaven Mm. which means he went to this place called hell that they believe is an eternal suffering in the fires of torment um, in 1945. However, how fair is it? By Christendom's generally accepted theology, Lot's wife, who's not recorded as having hurt anyone else, only disobeyed and rejected God herself, has then suffered in hell for over 3,800 years longer than Hitler, Mm. who was a flagrant murderer. That doesn't seem like justice to me. Um, you know, it doesn't. It, and it's, it's interesting that I think many people um, have a bad view of Christianity because of this type of belief where, mm. you know, why would God punish all people, you know, equally and burn them in hell forever? You know, that doesn't, mm. that doesn't make sense. No, a God that treated people like that would be an unfair God. Mm. But we're going to have to dig into that after the break. Mm. Just remember a question we'd love to hear from you this morning. Share something with us that you're really looking forward to. We'd love to hear from you. Text us in on 0488 And uh, just before the break, we'll just let you know about the book offer for today. It's going to be called Live Like You Mean It, Wisdom for the Journey Home. 
We will give you more information later in the program. Uh, but yeah, we'd love to hear from you. What's something that you're really looking forward to? Text us in 0488880891. This is Tears by Phillips, Craig and Dean. Though for now we walk down roads of sorrow Underneath this heavy weight of grief Soon there'll be a bright and glorious morning Where we'll find our joy at last complete Where the streets of gold welcome weary souls All the grateful drink from the crystal stream Peace forevermore, troubles disappear And the only thing that's missing there is tears For now we feel the ache of parting Burdened with the pain of sad goodbyes Yet we cling to that great hope he's promised Of a glad reunion in the sky Missing there is tears. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah.
that's missing there is tears. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and today we're speaking with David Maxwell on his series Reflecting Jesus, and we're talking about the topic of an eternity to hope for. Now, David, before the break, we were talking about how the traditional Christian belief is uh, such that uh, what happens when you die is that you immediately go to hell or heaven, and uh, that means that people who have uh, just been a little bit bad end up being tortured for longer mm. than perhaps or the same time as somebody who's been really bad. Mm. So that doesn't seem very fair. It doesn't paint God as fair. It doesn't paint mm. God as a just, loving God. So mm. uh, share with us um, something that uh, is actually more positive and hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I remember I said that the, that the belief of a soul that at death goes immediately heaven or hell is the popular Christian belief. I didn't say it's the only Christian mm. belief. A lot of people who believe quite differently from the Bible uh, as Christians as well. I didn't say that this was actually the, the, the topic that the Bible teaches on the subject. You, you may remember I said that this comes from a philosophical background from well before the time of Christ. So let's have a quick look at that now to remind our listeners perhaps a little of what we've looked at in the past. So we have looked at this topic in the past, so I just want to overview it again. I'm doing this as a reminder as we go through these these uh, these sessions, just in case somebody might have missed what we've uh, talked about in previous sessions. Mm. If you're willing to be honest with what the Bible says, you'll find that there's a very clear teaching of the Bible about what happens when you die, and it's that all consciousness ceases when when we uh, die and we sleep in the grave till Jesus returns to wake us up. That's what the Bible teaches. This is explained in a number of verses like Satan's initial lie to Eve. Um, God tells them that uh, they'll die if they disobey him and eat a particular tree. And that's because they're saying they want to separate from God. They They don't want to follow him anymore. He's the one that has life. If you don't have a life, you won't have life. Mm. Full stop. So he, he's basically saying you will die, you will not go on living in another state, but Satan comes along and tells Eve you won't die, and that's the lie that's been continuing right till now. When you die, you don't die. You go on living in some other form, regardless of which of those faiths we talked about earlier. That's the underlying premise. We're reminded by God in the Bible that there's no work, device, or knowledge in the grave, and also that the dead know nothing, which is which are pretty clear statements, I think, Mm, um, that death is like a sleep Mm. rather than an existence in another form. If you go on existing in another form, you've got to have a consciousness. You've got to have knowledge. You've got to have understanding of what's the point. What's the point, whether it's good or bad? Again, in Daniel, um, we see as the book is closing, the angel comes and tells Daniel. Now, he he was a guy that is nothing bad recorded about Daniel. And so we can assume, I can assume as I look at it, that Daniel is accepted by God. An angel comes and talks to him and gives him direction and future and gives him this promise that that he is going to sleep. 
and that when Jesus returns, he's going to wake up those who are where? Sleeping in the dust. That's what it, that's what it says. That's where they are. Mm. And Daniel's told he will sleep with them, <laughs> just like them, but he will arise to his inheritance at the end of the days. So to me, those are, again, very clear statements. Finally, Jesus also speaks of death being asleep in various places, and that's connected with the story of the little girl who dies, Lazarus who dies. Uh, he tells those who are around him they're asleep, they're not dead. But everyone around knows they're physically dead, so he equates death with sleep. <clears throat> in the Bible, it also has this thing called the blessed hope a resurrection, Jesus coming again. And, and this is the, the beginning of the hope that I want to share today. Jesus gives us confidence and hope that if we believe in him, our physical death is not the end. He says he says that we will live again. He articulates this as John records in John eleven twenty five, and he says, these are Jesus' words. He says, he who believes in me, though he die, that's what we see, he shall live. And again, in John 3.16, he says that whoever believes in him will have everlasting, which is eternal, life, life that goes on forever and ever. The Bible also tells us when this will happen. Um, in his letter to the Corinthian church, uh, Paul records that we will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet says when it's going to happen and what will happen. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we will be changed. For this mortal must put on immortality. That's really clear. This body, this person, I am mortal. I'm not immortal. Mm. But I have to put that on and I put it on when? When Jesus returns and gives it to me. So clearly the dead don't go to heaven or hell immediately after they die. They all go to the same place. They go to the grave. Um, otherwise, those in heaven would already be immortal and they don't need waking up when oh. Jesus comes. Mm. You know, okay, yes, Jesus comes to get those who are living, but it clearly says he also comes to get those who are dead. If you've died and gone straight to heaven, no need to be picked up, no need to be woken up. Mm. In Revelation, John is given a vision of this resurrection in chapter 20 where those who'd been killed for their witness to God were resurrected at the beginning of the 1,000-year period. Now, this is quite important because, because this is the first part of this eternal life, this eternal life. Um, they were resurrected at the start of the 1,000 years. Now, I think this is really, really important. Um, I like the fact, I like the fact that there's this period that God calls the blessed hope. Paul calls this the re this resurrection, this first resurrection, the blessed hope. And it comes to fruition at a particular time, the glorious appearing of our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ. It's called this because our physical death doesn't need to be the end. This is the hope, this is the assurance that Jesus has given us. And it's a fantastic hope that we can hold on to. Those accepted Jesus during this life, those who love him, uh, are going to their rest just like those who don't love him. Mm. But but there's something more we can hope for after that. The second resurrection is uh, something we don't want to look forward to. 
um, the second resurrection in Revelation <coughs> is mentioned after the thousand years. So Jesus comes, then you have a thousand years or something happens. We'll talk about that after the break. And then there's this second resurrection we don't want to be part of because it's for those who are not part of the first resurrection. It's two different resurrections. Those who are raised in this resurrection will be subject to something called the second death. I don't want to talk about that a lot, but it's important that I mention it. Mm. The reason for why our life after the promised first resurrection will be eternal is because the God who grants us this life is eternal. Um, and so life, as we currently know it, is consciousness and existence. Death, as we've witnessed, is a cessation of that life. So when the second death is pronounced on those who don't want the life that Jesus offers, they'll be removed from existence. They, they have that life taken away, if you like. Mm. Um, and then what's left is destroyed, by, is cleansed, is cleaned up, is burnt. This is hell. It's a one-time uh, burning. It's a one-time cleansing, a one-time event, not some time that thing that goes on forever and ever and ever. I, I like to think of it as not so much a place but a point in time, a time, an correct. event. <laughs> correct, correct. And, and, and just before we go to the break, quickly just to remind people, it's a simple formula. Mm. Dust plus breath or the life that God gives equals a soul or a person. The soul or a person minus the breath or the life equals dust. dust. Mm. And God then burns that up, gets rid of the sin and rebellion, and starts again. Mm. That's, uh, that's really important stuff, isn't it, that um, ultimately the result of punishment, or you know, the result of sin, is um, just simply being removed from existence. It's not, a, mm. it's not eternal torture. Exactly. Mm. That's right. Well, we're going to go to break, but before we do, I've promised more information about our free book offer today, Live Like You Mean It, Wisdom for the Journey Home, and this is by Troy Fitzgerald. Deep within each heart lies the suspicion that there has to be more to life than mere existence. We all crave, believe, and hope for something beyond that which is seen. Author Troy Fitzgerald urges readers to live moment to moment as if they were taking a journey, a journey home. He will inspire and encourage you on your journey, filling you with hope as you draw closer to the promised land. And even though we are messed up and messy in the way we walk, a mixed bag of failure and heroic faithfulness, we are journeying home. So we'll give you the code straight after the break. We've got just two copies of this book to give away today. So... Tune in, keep, keep listening, right after the break we'll give you the code. This is uh, Choose Life by Carly Fletcher. Each new day God gives you a choice to make Blessing or cursing Life or death It's in your hands The choice is yours to make So what will you choose today? Therefore choose life That you and your descendants may live Will you love the Lord your God and obey His voice? For God is your life and 
the length of your days. So what will you choose? Will you choose life? Life or death? Blessing or cursing? The choice is in your hands. How will you choose to live? And so this day, I have a choice to make. Blessing or cursing, life or death. How will I live? The choice is mine to. Choose life that me and my descendants may live. I will love the Lord my God and obey His voice. For God is my life and the length of my days. Today I choose Him. I choose Jesus Christ. So what? Choose life that you and your descendants may live. Will you love the Lord your God and obey His voice? For God is your life and the length of your days. So what will you choose? Will you choose life? Today. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and we're finishing up our program today with David Maxwell on the topic of an eternity to hope for. Now, before the break, we talked about our book offer for today. We have just two copies to give away, so get your phones ready to text in the code for today. The number is 0488-880-891. The first two in with the code for today will receive this book, Live Like You Mean It, Wisdom for the Journey Home. And the code for today is REFLECT number 15. No spaces, text in REFLECT 15 to 0488-880-891. Before the break, David, you're explaining this hope of those who accept Jesus and uh, that life that goes on forever. Uh, would you like to just um, expand on that and uh, complete our program for today? Mm, yes, I will, Jason. Look, what you've mentioned is really, really important, that hope. Hope for today, hope for tomorrow, hope for something better. And and it is an, a fantastic hope. Um, but as the song said, we need to choose. God gives us a choice. And in Ezekiel chapter 18, you'll read beginning of it and the end of it, there's this, there's this plea by God as he says, I offer you life and death. Choose life. Why would you choose death? I don't, I'm not happy if you die. 
I want you to live and that's why I give you the options. So we do have to choose. And, you know, when when I was younger, for a long, long time, I I had this picture of what heaven was going to be like. People sitting on white fluffy clouds and everyone had a harp and you'd be playing a harp. But but this, I don't know where that comes from, but it's not what the Bible teaches about what eternal life is like. And I'm glad because that doesn't sound all too fulfilling, does it? No. Well, I can't play anything. You'd think you'd get bored after a, a, a thousand years, maybe. Of tunes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't you run out of tunes? I don't know. But But that's not what God promises eternity will be like. First and foremost, eternal life with God has two parts. In John 14, 1 to 4, Um, Jesus is explaining and promising that he's going to come back. He says, I'm going away and I'm going to come back. I go away to prepare a place for you. Where's this place? And in Revelation 24 to 6, Jesus explains that for the first 1,000 years after his soon return, those who've accepted this life that he's offered will return with him to heaven. So he's going to come back. He's going to raise those who are sleeping. He's going to change those who are alive. And together they're going back to heaven for a thousand years. Now, there are a number of things that are going to happen during that thousand years. There's going to be a firstly, a fantastic celebration. I can imagine. I can imagine how happy, how happy Jesus is. And the whole of heaven is coming. So, you know, when I read the stories in Revelation and, and in throughout the rest of the New Testament and the rest of the Bible, in fact, about Christ's return, that day of the Lord, it's going to be fantastic because Jesus is coming. God the Father is coming. All the heavenly angels are coming. They are all, and in Thessalonians, it says he's going to bring his saints with him. All of those who are already waiting in heaven for us, there are some who are there. They are all coming to welcome us. That is going to be an incredible celebration. Mm. It talks about there's going to, the Bible talks about there's going to be this special feast. This, there's going to be this time when he eats what he said uh, just before the Passover. He said, I'm not going to eat this meal again with you until I celebrate it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And that is going to be a great meal. We're going to have dinner with Christ. Mm. Wow, that's amazing. Can imagine how big that table is going to be? Maybe there'll be lots of tables. Um, And then there's going to be a time of investigation of God's records and judgments. We are going to do that investigation. God's going to open his books. He's transparent. And he's going to say, this is why all the decisions that have been made have been made. This is why you're here. So-and-so's not here. And we're going to be able to read that. This is where it says says that uh, we will judge um, over that thousand-year period, isn't it? Yeah. Who are we judging? we We are checking God's judgments. That's right. We are judging the, um, uh, the the angels that fell. It says we will judge angels. Mm. So, you know, mm. we, are, we are looking at those judgments. Following this thousand years, when that's finished, we're going to return to earth. When we return, there's also a number of things that are going to happen. The new Jerusalem will come down to earth. Satan, sin, and all those who've clung to sin and rejected God will be removed forever from the universe. This is the second resurrection. They'll be raised. Mm -hmm. There's a reason for that. We've talked about that in the past. We haven't got time for it this morning. But they will then be removed entirely from the universe. It's a once-of event, as you mentioned earlier. It's not something that goes on forever and ever, but they will be forever removed forever destroyed not forever being destroyed that's an important um that's an important point that shows the justice and love of god 
he doesn't burn people for thousands of years. Ha, 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 you got yours. No, he, he just says, I'm really sorry that you can't be with me. You've chosen that path. Mm. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you what you wished. And, you know, in the context of that, if somebody was forced to, to be with God and yet they'd chosen not to be, that would be unfair, wouldn't it? That, that would be unfair. Mm. So then our beautiful world, marred by sin, will be made new. And the Bible says in Isaiah and a number of other places that we will plant, we will build, we will grow, we will eat, we will live and interact with the rest of God's new creation. And it will be without sin. It will be as he intended it to be from the Garden of Eden, from the time of Eden. Mm. But be restored and it will, we will now have a portion of his eternal life. Mm. And we will live forever together with our Redeemer, Jesus. That is something to hope for. (laughs) That is something to hope for. But having been removed forever, sin will no longer be something we have to contend with. No longer will rebellion be around in the universe. Nahum 1.9 and Revelation 21 say that it will never happen again. It will be forever gone. So I'll bring you back to my opening statement about Shackleton. His men got ready every day so that on the day Shackleton turned up, they'd be ready. They'd be sure that they'd be ready. And their trust in him gave them the hope to hang on and keep waiting. They knew that only his personal death would prevent him from returning. So they never lost hope and every one of them was saved. We too have been given hope in something better that than what we're living through today and Mm. and god has promised us a a future that is infinitely better jason than we can even imagine but it's built on the hope that we trust in the jesus the god that we have come to know in this life Mm. and i want everyone to have that full and complete future but let's choose and let's choose today to accept him yeah Now, David, we're going to be taking a break for around about six weeks or so. Um, When you come back, you'll be talking about selflessness and humility. But in the meantime, we will be replaying our episodes from earlier in the year. So please keep tuning in. We're not going away. We're just taking a break. And it reminds me of uh, Jesus who went away and came back. And we're going to be going away and coming back. So we will be back with you. Now, tomorrow will be our last program. It's uh, for our our last program in this um, break until we take a little break. Improving immune function through food is Dr. Sue Rad. She'll be with us tomorrow and don't miss that program remember the code actually no there's there's already two books being given away so we can't uh, we can't give any more Ooh. away so uh, those who got that book well done and you'll enjoy it so we're going to go out now this is ellie holcomb with we've got this hope and we look forward to joining you again uh, in a few weeks time back on Tazzy Encounters Live with you. See you soon, Jason. Bye-bye. We've got this hope. We've got a future. We've got the power of the resurrection living within. We've got this hope. We've got a promise that we are held up and protected in the palm of His hand. And even when our hearts are breaking